Hey there, listener, and welcome back to another episode of I Statement. I'm your host, Angela, and I hope you are doing well. Hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are, wherever you're at. Uh, yeah, I am recording. I know, you're probably not expecting this. Um, the last time I recorded an episode for I Statement was back in July. I was taking a research course, and I reported on my final project in the form of a podcast. I talked about my research that I want to conduct eventually one day on uh, culturally relevant and responsive literature and pedagogy in the classroom and how it contributes to the sense of belonging among students of color. I was able to talk about that on the podcast and now I'm back for a similar sort of assignment. I am here today to talk about my alma mater, (laughs) Champlain College, and its history and use of strategic planning and implementation and assessment. Now, before I get into this episode, I want to make a little disclaimer. I am in no way, shape, or form trying to um, bash my alma mater. <laughs> I, I'm just a critical person. Critical thinking and critical analysis is something that we've uh, been working a lot on in this course that I'm taking right now, Strategic Planning and Implementation. And I've always been kind of a critical thinker and conscious um, learner. And I've always, with everything that I've kind of come across uh, in my in my learning, I've analyzed it critically and I think about it critically. And I'm doing the same for this assignment and that will, that will never change. Um, especially in this course when we've had trouble finding specific information that we've been asked for. Uh, We've been asked to be critical about what we could find, uh, to dig a little bit deeper, to give more context, to provide connections to literature and things of that nature. So I just want to preface this by saying I will be critical. (laughs) I will be uh, thoughtful in the way that I present my my thinking here and what I'm about to say. But, you know, this may come off as though I'm trying to, or appearing as though I'm trying to... (laughs) um, bash or talk poorly about Champlain College, but I'm really not. Um, And I hope that that comes across strongly. And without any more of my rambling here and my disclaimer, I'm going to talk a little bit about strategic planning and implementation at Champlain College, specifically as it applies to the 2030 strategic plan that is currently going through the approval process. So here we go. Now, before we get into a big discussion about Champlain in particular and their role in strategic planning and how they've approached it in the last couple of years here, I want to give a definition for strategic planning because I think that'll provide a lot of context uh, to the conversation that I'm about to about to have. So what is strategic planning? I like to use the definition that John Bryson gives in his book. Strategic Planning for Public and Nonprofit Organizations, A Guide to Strengthening and Sustaining Organizational Achievement. So Bryson says, strategic planning is a deliberate, disciplined approach to producing fundamental decisions and actions that shape and guide what an organization is, what it does, and why. Bryson's basically saying that strategic planning is a particular way of knowing and way of going about putting strategies into action, putting goals and aims and ideas into action that can be 
metricized, achieved, implemented, and then later analyzed and assessed um, to determine their uh, success, their maybe um, downfalls, things of that nature. And an important part of Bryson's definition is the part where he talks about how strategic planning is something that shapes and guides what an organization is, what it does, and why. So although strategic planning has a lot to do and is influenced by the higher education or organization, depending on what realm it's in, uh, the macro environment of said organization, it also has a lot to do with the micro environment of the specific organization. So what that institution does in its small community when we're not considering the bigger influences and factors of uh, in my case, the higher education macro environment, but rather what's actually happening on the college campus um, that is pertinent to address or that may be more chronic and require strategic, dexterous planning. So that's basically what strategic planning is, and that's the definition that I've been guiding my research and reporting of Champlain College's approaches on uh, and really paying attention to how it shapes and guides what Champlain College is, what it does, and why it does what it does, or is going to do what it is going to do. So with that said, I was not on the outside of the strategic planning process at Champlain College. I was actually a member of the strategic planning committee, and what that looked like was myself, one other undergraduate student, and then many more faculty and staff that were selected by the strategic planning chair and the president of the college to serve as the thinkers and the doers and the creators of strategic goal statements, um, strategic goal metrics, and strategic goal objectives for the 2030 strategic plan. Now, entering this committee, I was really excited to be a part of it. I wasn't entirely sure what I was getting myself into. Of course, I had some context from from emails and past strategic plans and learning about Champlain's traditional approach to strategic planning, um, but really being a member of that committee was a whole other side of what the community and the rest of the college and its greater audience sees. So it all started in March of 2021, so March of this year, we started crafting um, a SWOT analysis. We analyzed the college's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. We then took that information and kind of compiled it into the six strategic goals that were already outlined by the college and sort of thought about, okay, how can we craft some Champlain will statements, some strategic goals that align with these big six um, values and goals that the college has, and really think about how we want to approach addressing many of these issues, concerns, opportunities that the college is presented with as we think about 2030 and where the college wants to go in the next uh, eight to nine years here. That was a really eye-opening process. I had never been on the back end of planning like that, I had never been on the side of diving into a SWOT analysis, of really digging into, you know, kind of the meat, really, of the college and where it's positioned right now within higher education. 
I had never had that context, and it was really valuable as a member of the Strategic Planning Committee to think about all those factors that are influencing Champlain, and also to think about the ideas that people who are really invested in the college um, have about where Champlain can go in the next 8, 9, 10, 15 years. Um, that was really that was really special, and I think it kind of provided me a greater context for this course, Strategic Planning and Implementation at BU, because I was on the inside. I was able to be a part of the strategic planning process. I wasn't just someone who got updates about it and was able to read the goal statements and read the new manifesto and see how everything aligned with the college's core competencies and mission and vision and values and all that stuff. I was actually able to craft specific strategic goal statements. I was able to write objectives. I was able to kind of envision more or less where the plan was going to take itself as it reached the board of trustees for approval. So that was really, really special. And I'm really glad that I had this opportunity to be a member of the strategic planning committee. With that said, however, <laughs> I do think, and here's where my critical lens kind of comes in, I do think that the ratio of students who are a part of the strategic planning committee to staff and faculty who were a part of the strategic planning committee was highly inequitable uh, to a degree that was kind of disappointing. So it was two students, myself and one other undergraduate student, traditional undergraduate student, and uh, professors and staff. I believe that there were about 24 members. I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, 24 members. I think it was about 24, anywhere between 24 and 30 um, extra members who were staff and faculty, uh, not students. So 24 to 2, 30 to 2, not a wonderful ratio. And just contextually this year, the college had a reputation of not communicating super well with the student body, of hiding and hindering information that we as students believe that we deserved access to, and more importantly, explanations for. And to see that the college was treating the strategic planning process like this, while, you know, another, another advancement and another thing that concerned students that didn't actually really involve many students uh, was, was pretty disappointing and uh, kind of hard as a student to be a part of knowing that, okay, a lot of my voice and a lot of the ideas that I bring to the table have to represent and speak for the ideas and the beliefs of my other peers and the other students in uh, my class, the younger classes, uh, alumni, all of those factors. The other student who was on the strategic planning committee shared a lot of these feelings with me, and we both had kind of the overwhelmedness of, okay, what we say here is going to matter significantly, uh, maybe not in the committee, but as we represent our peers of the student body, our voice really, really, really matters. And we need to be firm in what we, in what we say, what we do, how we operate in this committee, how we conduct ourselves as a member of this team, of being critical of Champlain College and of being very analytical toward what the college has done, uh, where it is now, and where it is trying to go in the future. So that was a big heavy feeling. And not only was 
the demographic uh, ratio pretty inequitable um, between faculty and staff and students, but also as far as racial diversity of the Strategic Planning Committee and really identity diversity of the Strategic Planning Committee, it was pretty narrow and it was pretty uh, singular. Most of the members of the Strategic Planning Committee were uh, white. We had one faculty member of color who was a part of our Strategic Planning Committee. That was literally it. <laughs> I was, you know, a student on the committee. Um, that was where my difference really played a role. But in terms of racial diversity, there was minimal racial diversity and identity diversity on this committee. Most of the members were white, have been at the college for quite some time, uh, were cisgender, just very, very narrow orientations, which I think also really hindered some of the ideas and perspectives and historic uh, information that could have been brought to the table, um, just because those views were that were present at the committee were very, very narrow, very one-dimensional, when we could have had a very multi-dimensional, multi-faceted um, approach to strategic planning had the strategic planning chair and the president selected better or better selected uh, folks to be a part of the committee. Because although our uh, faculty and staff of color numbers are relatively small on campus, they do still exist. We do still have staff and faculty of color um, on the campus. And I'm sure there were maybe some conversations about um, like tokenism and perhaps using those voices in a way that was rather performative instead of uh, actual and realized. Then again, I mean, there are so many factors that went into creating the committee. I digress. <laughs> These are just some of the things that I noticed as a member of the Strategic Planning Committee and as one of those members who was not really with the majority, quote unquote, more or less, um, but also felt pretty marginalized in some of the views that I was able to express in the positionality that I had within the committee. So once we as a committee felt like we had our feet underneath us, once we reviewed the six strategic goals, which by the way are goal one, relentlessly pursue and provide a world-class education. Goal two, foster a welcoming, supportive, and just community. Goal three, cultivate engaged and thriving students. Goal four, champion employee excellence. Goal five, prioritize career success. And goal six, achieve and maintain robust financial health. So once we felt very sound and very equipped to pursue writing strategic goal statements for these goals, that's exactly what we did as a group. We basically divided and conquered into six different teams to address the goals themselves and their um, Champlain College will statements that are encompassed within those goals. And when I say Champlain College will statements, I basically mean the greater description of the goals themselves. So for example, goal five, prioritize career success. Accompanied with that goal is the following. Champlain College will create career success. We will build the finest student career center in the nation. The center will attain outstanding results in job placement of graduates, identify and support professionally focused experiential learning, teach skills relevant to career success, develop a robust alumni job network, 
and research emerging career fields to inform new program development. Champlain will continue to serve as an economic engine for the Vermont economy. A descriptive statement like that can be found with each of the six goals, and that's what our groups worked on first in the strategic planning process. We then transitioned to writing strategic goal statements with objectives and metrics. Now, we spent about, I would say, three to four weeks coming up with very, very specific strategic objectives and metrics to go along with each goal and its goal statement. Then, (laughs) then in July of this year, we had the Strategic Planning Summit, which was a time for the greater college community to come together and workshop the strategic plan. So for a little bit of background, a little bit of context, I don't want to get too much into this, but we basically ended our time together as the strategic planning committee that met every, every week or maybe even twice a week. We ended our time by writing these strategic objectives and goal statements. That's how we stopped. So we said, okay, these objectives and metrics are probably going to be used in the plan or at least provide an example or a model for what we expect the strategic objectives and metrics to look like within the finalized 2030 strategic plan. However, we were unfortunately met with the disappointing reality that these goal objective and goal metric writing sessions that we spent with our team members uh, were basically of no use. Because when we went to the Strategic Planning Summit, we joined in with new groups, joined in with new folks who came to the summit and to voice their opinions, ideas, whatever it may be in their varying capacities of connectedness to Champlain College. And we rewrote these objectives and metrics. We rewrote all of them. So that was disappointing. And I don't know if maybe that was my uh, just disappointment of... I've done all this work and now, or my team and I have done all this work, and now we don't get to uh, see it or get it to a place where we thought it would go. Now we're just doing it all over again with new people, which don't get me wrong. Fresh ideas and fresh minds are always um, amazing when it comes to brainstorming and workshopping something like a strategic plan that requires so much input from the greater college community. However, it was very disappointing to see all of our efforts as a strategic uh, planning committee kind of go by the wayside, kind of fall to the wayside, um, which really made me think of the concept planning to plan, right? So we basically wrote all these objectives, wrote all these metrics in the name of strategic planning or how it's often conducted in a higher education setting of just, okay, we're going to have these flashy objectives, flashy metrics, Um, with loose or no implementation strategies or assessment strategies. And kind of what it felt like after being on the strategic planning committee and then having our work basically be sidelined for the work that was to come during the strategic planning summit. Either way, great work came out of the summit. I will say that those objectives and metrics were very uh, well thought out. They were very uh, interdisciplinary because we had so many folks come to the event. We had over 200 people attend, which is amazing. And we got to present some of these objectives and metrics to the Board of Trustees, which was just incredible because they are the group that's going to approve the strategic plan at the end of the day anyway. 
Um, so maybe that was my, um, unawareness or just new to being a member of a strategic planning committee, but it was a little disappointing to see the work that we had done be sidelined for, uh, some of the same work that got done just a couple months later. But alas, the summit was very successful. The college president, the interim college president, was very happy with the turnout and the dedication of the larger Champlain College community toward the plan, and that was awesome to see. So after the summit, uh, there was kind of some breathing time. Right now, October of 2021, the Board of Trustees are in the final phases of approving the plan, of approving strategic goal statements, the goals themselves, objectives, metrics, all that kind of good stuff. What's missing visibly from that plan, what the audience cannot see right now, are those specific objectives, those metrics, and any implementation or assessment techniques to be used as the goals are, are implemented and are being worked towards in the next coming years. Those pieces of information are currently absent from the public eye, which is concerning because implementation is the whole other half of strategic planning. It brings a new element of planning to the surface. An organization is no longer just planning to plan when it has implementation strategies and priorities within its plan. It is actually prepared to have a way in which to implement the goal objectives and to achieve the metrics laid out in the goals. Champlain's missing that right now, and that's a little bit concerning, and so I'm worried that when it does get approved, those strategic objectives and metrics, yes, they will be present, but we may be lacking in some implementation strategies. And I will say in my research, the last place that I saw implementation strategies was back in the 2005 master plan. And master plans are traditionally about land, about zoning, about location. So it's a bit concerning that in the last 16 years, there hasn't been a plan publicly uh, put in place that has implementation strategies. So the college is kind of following a planning to plan trend, uh, which looks great on the surface. It's very flashy. Uh, The 2030 strategic plan has a very flashy and colorful website detailing the goals, talking about the summit, giving a timeline for approval, all that kind of good stuff. But it does lack implementation and assessment uh, techniques, which, again, is concerning. By the time I'm recording this episode, the final strategic plan has not been released. It has not been published yet. I hope to do a follow-up when it is to relay to you, my audience, the creation of implementation and assessment techniques or lack thereof. But overall, I'd like to just give a little bit of uh, discussion to my experience and what I'm noticing about the college's strategic plan. Something that I want to point out about the strategic planning process is that Champlain College definitely employs more of a calculating style to the management of strategic planning as opposed to a committing style. Now, Henry Mintzberg mentions these two styles in his work, The Fall and Rise of Strategic Planning, and basically the difference between the two is that the calculating style is that planning to plan, 
it's about having dates and deadlines and just meeting those um, timelines and objectives that are uh, date-bound, time-bound. Whereas a committing style is all about the journey. It's about the plan, it's about the implementation, it's about the assessment, the analysis, and then getting ready to plan again within that strategic planning cycle. Uh, Champlain definitely had more of that calculating style. There was no connection really to past plans. Yes, we conducted a SWOT analysis, but beyond that, there was really no mention of the 2020 framework, the 2018 strategic plan, Nothing about the future, no connection to specific departments, uh, no talk of the journey. It was really just planning to plan, to get the language right, to get the information out there, to build the website, to prepare for the summit, and then just kind of stop all talk of the planning until it's approved by the Board of Trustees later on in the year. So that's, that's really my biggest takeaway, I think, of the whole strategic planning process. Like, it felt really good and really meaningful as I was going through it. But once I was reading the literature and engaging in this course and thinking about strategic planning and implementation, that's where it was kind of lost for me, uh, how Champlain approached strategic planning. It was just very uh, marketing driven and public relations driven and just basically to, to get it done driven, assignment driven. Um, is what it felt like at the end of the day. On a positive note, I do think the college did a great job of connecting the goal statements to the institution's mission, vision, and values. Karen Hinton points out the components of a strategic plan in her work, A Practical Guide to Strategic Planning, um, where she talks about the foundation, which is the mission statement. Champlain has always had a robust mission statement. The college revises it every now and again to reflect the positionality and the needs of the institution and the aims of the institution and what the institution is grounded in. So that's really awesome, and that's been a consistent. Uh, next, Hinton describes the supporting components of the strategic plan, which are the values of the institution, the goals, and the vision. Again, Champlain has had these uh, very well defined over the years, and they were pretty foundational in creating our strategic objectives and metrics. And then the final component is the strategic plan. The goals and their objectives, which yes, we workshopped, we have, we know a little bit about those, but then we're missing the implementation plan. And I'm again, I'm curious to see what that's going to look like, if we will have one, if it will kind of be left to our imaginations as to how we could envision these goals being implemented. I don't know. I'm curious and I will provide an update, but to be honest, I think that we will not see a direct implementation plan, but instead we will see very clear strategic objectives, very clear metrics, and little to no uh, idea or connection between those objectives and metrics and how they're going to be implemented over the course of the next eight to 10 years. Um, but we will see, and I will provide that update. And overall, just as a final takeaway, I think that the college could do a more thorough search and more involved search of collecting strategic planning committee members, of making sure that there is equitable representation across the college, across its diverse community members, perhaps involving alumni, involving board members, involving just more students. Uh, for starters, I think would be a really great way to ensure that there is agency 
across all all members of the campus community and their various impacts on the college. And I also think the college could do a better job of keeping its audience updated on what the strategic plan is at in terms of stages. Yes, there's a website. Yes, there's a timeline, but there's really not a lot of information on that website. It's just the goals. It's just their statements and there's the timeline. So I think there could be a little bit more context and updates there. And I think the college could be transparent or at least acknowledge the need for an implementation plan to have those assessment techniques and strategies uh, ready to go to determine the impact, the success, the failure, whatever it may be of the strategic objectives and metrics as they are rolled out in a very specific way. When I think about Champlain College's positionality in the higher education landscape as a small, private, traditional four-year college located in New England where there is sort of a chronic low college enrollment um, situation happening in our area, I just think about how the college is going to thrive in these next 8 to 10 to 15 years. And I, of course, hope for the best, and I think that the plan plans for that. I just hope that the plan is dexterous enough and is ready to implement it in a way that we can assess and be ready to make quick changes as needed. Thank you for joining me in this discussion of strategic planning at Champlain College. I really hope you enjoyed, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, or would like to chat about strategic planning, uh, please let me know. Leave me a little message, leave me a little comment. Y'all know my Instagram is at iStatementPod. You can find me over there. I'd be happy to take a DM and have any conversations with y'all. And I hope you're having a wonderful day, wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, night, wherever you are, wherever you're at. And I will see you next episode.